The key to a successful business isn't just plans, strategies, and profit margins. It isn't just mission, vision, your big dreams for the future, or how you communicate to your ideal clients. It's not just your product suite, your pricing, your sales, or being the person who takes decisive action. It isn't even just nervous system regulation, expanding emotional capacity, and enhancing your communication skills. And it's definitely not just faith, manifestation, vibes, intuition, and magic. The key to a successful business is bringing all of these components together and knowing which one you need when. Nature thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you your business. This is the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. Welcome to the show. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back for another episode of the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. As always, I am so happy that you're here with us, with me, with us. It's it's a guest episode, but I'm always happy that you're here. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for being here. If you're coming back, welcome back. Thank you for continuing to bring me your ear holes and letting me fill them. I don't know. I'm going I'm to erase that. No, I'm not. You know I don't edit this. You just get what you get. Um, so uh, if you're into that, thank you for being into that. And today on the show, I have an amazing conversation with Hannah Love, who is a business and dating coach. And we get into talking about ways that things that show up in business also show up in our dating behaviors and lots of other fun things. Just a heads up, Hannah does tend to work with cis women who date cis men. So we do acknowledge that a lot of these things apply to all different types of configurations of dating relationships, but some of the conversation that she brings does point in that direction because that is her main clientele. So if that's something that you're like, meh, I don't fucking care, then that's totally cool and you don't have to listen. However, I will say there's a lot of other stuff in this episode that's really valuable for everyone. So uh, as always, take what applies and the rest, let it fly. We've been growing and flourishing a bit on this cute little show, and something you might notice if you listen on Spotify is that Spotify has added some cool new features for podcasts, which include Q&As. So at the end of this episode, if you want to check out just in the app on the show notes, you're going to see a, a section that Spotify added that says Q&A, where I ask you some questions about things that were in the episode and how you felt about them. And you can put your answers in and they come back to me and I get to see them. So that is a super cool feature. And of course, you can always like and share and subscribe. If you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it and you take a little screenshot and you post it on your social media and you tag me, I would love to see that. I'd love to share it. You know, everything that we can do to boost the signal and get this show out to more people is valuable and helpful in a way that you can support uh, me and the work I'm doing and my guests and the work they're doing. And it is just greatly appreciated. I don't think I have any other announcements except that, um, depending on when you're listening to this, it's about to be pride. So happy pride to everyone. 
everyone, everywhere. Happy Pride. Make sure that you live this month in such a way that if it was a book, they would ban it in Florida. And with that, enjoy the show. I'm really excited for today's episode. Today I have on Hannah Love. Hannah is on Instagram as moneyfairy888, and that's how in my head she was always the money fairy anytime she came across (laughs) my screen. I don't think I knew her name for so long. I just saw her and I was like, oh, there's that cute girl, the money fairy. Hannah is a business and dating coach, and she helps women-identified coaches and entrepreneurs own their worth in business and in love. Hannah does this by supporting her clients with creating unfair forgettable presence, energy, and brand through attraction marketing, emotional intelligence, EFT tapping, mindset work, healing their attachment style, and embodying their that girl energy. Hannah believes that how you do one thing is how you do most things. So how you show up in business reflects in your dating and love life and vice versa. So she is here to help you crack the code in both. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is just going to be such a great episode. I I know. People who have been in my world for a while have heard me talk a lot about correlations between business and dating, especially because so much of what we do here through this elemental lens is also interpreted through the chakras. And when we're talking about both business and romantic relationships, we're talking sacral chakra. We're talking connection. Money mm-hmm. is ruled by the sacral. Dating's ruled by the sacral. How mm-hmm. we interact with people, right? When we have our root, that's our core sense of safety with ourselves, with our immediate family. And then the next step up is how we're interacting with the world and how we feel safe to share ourselves and receive. And so it is really all the same energy. And I tell people all the time, like, Business is just relationships with lots and lots of people. So anything that's showing up in your romantic life is probably showing up in your business, especially, I think, in your marketing. Mm, Absolutely. I love that you said that too and how you even related the chakras as well. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh yeah, as we everything right because we work through the elements, all of the elements are correlated to a chakra. And so that's something that I think mm-hmm. about a lot is, you know, especially, I mean, really it's all of them, but root sacral and uh, solar plexus are the biggest ones for business, right? If we have childhood stuff that makes us feel inherently unsafe, ungrounded, all of our root and core childhood wounds with money, those are going to show up in business for sure. Um, And like, they're not just showing up in our personal lives. And I think that the old school way that business was taught, the really like masculine, you know, there's no crying in baseball, check your emotions at the door, school of business, doesn't make sense because when we're talking about business, we're talking about money. And for most of us, money is super emotional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like even for me, one of my like biggest blocks when it comes to the chakra was the sacral. Like even growing up, I always had stomach problems because I struggled a lot with self-expression and being my authentic self, my creative energy, um, my sexuality as well. Like I was very back and forth with that too for a very long time. Um, and just not 
feeling safe to be myself as well. And so as I, you know, of course, got older, I started doing more work on myself, like the EFT, the mindset work, my sacral started exploding. Like I had all this like creative energy. Um, Like I started feeling more sexually empowered as well. Not like in a sense where I was like sleeping around and things like that, because it's not just about sex, as you know, you know, sexual empowerment. It's about also like, I feel like being able to express yourself, be who you are, um, and really embody your authentic self as well. So that's definitely something that I also had to learn how to unleash in myself as well. So I think that's just really cool that you brought up the chakras too. Um, before we get too far, I always love to ask people because the guests are in our world want to know your <laughs> astrology, your big three and your human design type and authority, if you know it. Oh, okay. Um, so Pisces sun, Leo rising, and then Gemini moon, although I don't know a ton about astrology. And then I'm a manifesting generator, sacral response, and my profile is one three. So I know a little bit about about human design, but not a ton. I love this. Awesome. So a Pisces sun, Gemini moon, manifesting generator. I bet growing up, you were kind of all over the place. I bet, I bet in some ways you're still kind of mm-hmm. all over the place, like tons of ideas, tons of different directions you want to go in. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. Like even when I was younger, I was like, well, I want to be – um, a marine, a marine biologist. I want to be an artist. I want to be a doctor. I want to be uh, a, an archaeologist. Like I wanted to do all these different things. And I even played like, I can't even count how many sports that I played. Like I did so many things. I was in so many extracurricular activities. Like even now in my brand, I do the business side of things and dating side of things. And I put, I put them together, but I also have different ways of how I support my clients. Because, you know, as an MG too, like I get bored with just talking about the same things or sharing the same things. Like, yes, I'm known for certain things that I repeatedly talk about, but I'm really good at being able to tie them in together or tie them together as well. I love that. I I feel that I have a similar thing. And I I think that I would bet that part of the reason Mm -hmm. that like you kind of do dating and business together and it's like I can do either or or I can do both, is that those are both such broad topics that you'll like never get bored because you could dial in on all kinds of things in any one of those. Like you could do a program that's yeah. just about attraction marketing. You could mm-hmm. also do a program that's just about um, optimizing your dating profiles, right? Like it's like you could go mm-hmm. all these different directions. And I think that this is a major key for my – um, creative, either entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs who are listening, mm-hmm. I find, and tell me if you hear this too, I have so many people who come to me and they're like, I do a lot of things and so I can't figure out what to turn into a business or like the way that niching is taught feels mm-hmm. really rigid and people are like, I don't want to niche down. I don't want to do just one thing. And I think it's really important to recognize that like when you pick your quote unquote one thing, it can actually be an umbrella that's 
that gives you a little bit of a framework to work inside, but is so broad that you're like, I could Mm -hmm. do this for years and go so many different directions inside this and never get bored. Part of the reason Mm -hmm. elemental entrepreneurship became my thing, like once I really locked in on the framework Mm -hmm. is because I'm working Mm -hmm. with all of the elements, which includes water, Mm -hmm. right? We can get into emotions, we can get into trauma, we can get into money stories, but then also earth, we could get into budgets, we can get into plans, we can get into systems, we go Mm -hmm. fire, we can get into identity, we can get into launching. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many places I could go that I was like, okay, this is a quote unquote niche. It's a quote unquote framework. It is a narrower scope, but it's so broad that I'll never run out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, side question though, before I share what came up for me, what is your your um, human design? Are I'm you a, an MG2? I'm a generator. I'm a three five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I remember you saying that too as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, I absolutely agree. Like, I just have this belief that you are the niche. Like, we ourselves are the niche, and I think it's just a matter of like learning how to really integrate the different things that you're an expert in and being able to really showcase that through how you're living your life, right? And sharing that through your content and throughout your brand and the things that you teach on. So like, yes, I'm teaching like the business side of things and the dating side of things. Like I'm known for both of those things, but then I'm also breaking down in my content throughout my brand and my Instagram stories on TikTok and my Instagram feed like my expertise and you know of course like I have a content strategy along with that as well but I'm also using like okay well these are the things that I'm an authority in like these are the things that I'm like I'm really great at supporting my clients with like the attachment styles and content and EFT tapping um, and sharing those different things and then integrating them all together and then of course like having different offers that are relevant to the things that I've been actively sharing and supporting my clients with too. So I feel like even with niching down, it's just a matter of like, if you don't want to niche down, you just have to think like, okay, well, what are the things that I just am obsessed with talking about that I'm obsessed with sharing that I can start educating my audience on and then offering, you know, different or having different offers to support them as well. I love this. I also think my kind of like, I taught a workshop called this, like when I first was launching Elemental Entrepreneurship, uh, niches are revealed, not nailed. Like it's so masculine, but so often you'll hear people be like, nail your niche. Like, and I'm like, I hate that language. I think it's so gross. But also like this idea that it's something that you have to quote unquote nail down, that you're going to have to hone in on one tiny area and pin yourself to it feels very restrictive for a lot of people. And I think the other thing is that it makes you think it's something you haven't figured out yet. But the truth is you already probably are in your niche and doing your niche. And what you need to do Mm -hmm. instead of looking outward to try to figure it out is look back at your experience so far and just look Mm -hmm. at like the patterns, look for what's already there. It took me so long to just be like, I work with artists, creatives, and spiritual practitioners, like people in the healing Mm -hmm. arts. That's who I work with. I didn't have to decide that and go find it. I've been in the Mm -hmm. arts my entire fucking life. That's all the people I know. They were already there. Mm -hmm. That's already who was coming to me. It's already who, like, I have people (laughs) Mm -hmm. where, like, 
I ran into someone who was like, do you remember me? And I was like, no. And they were like, we met at a party, like an after party for a show. And we were drinking and I told you this thing that I wanted to do. And you wrote me a business plan on a napkin and it's still what I do. I'm like, I don't remember you, but that sounds right. Like I've always been this person where other artists are like, I have this idea. And I'm like, here's how you could make that make money. I've always had, I've always been that. I didn't have to... I spent a lot of time and emotional energy thinking that I had to go find this thing and become it. And it got so much easier when I was just like, let me look around at how I've always been, who I've always been with, who I relate to the most. That's probably your niche. It's probably already there. Yes, absolutely. Like I even tell my clients too, like your clients are literally like a younger version of you because normally your clients like the things that they're needing help with or needing support with, you're already kind of either like a couple steps or a few steps or a lot of steps ahead of them. And so they're looking for someone who is embodying like what it is that they desire to have or to be like, or, or to create in their own lives as well. So I love that you said that too. Like even when it came to expanding my brand into dating like the because before I pivoted into like business coaching and dating coaching, I was doing like spiritual coaching and money mindset coaching because that's what a lot of my clients were coming to me to. And that's just, you know, I have a 10 year background in, in psychic mediumship, channeling, energy healing. So it's what I love to do. It was just natural for me. So people kept coming to me for that and money mindset. And then when I pivoted, um into the business coaching and into dating coaching that was also something a lot of people were coming to me too like creatives as well I'm also creative too so it makes sense you and I like connected um so other creative spiritual entrepreneurs and just women in business that needed support with growing their business but even with the dating side of things because I've just dated so much throughout my life I'm 28 now and I've had a lot of a lot of different experiences when it comes to relationships and like even the relationships experiences that I've had, even the ones that were really hard for me, it also catapulted me into wanting to do a lot of the healing work on myself because even growing up, you know, I struggled a lot with being in an environment that was really toxic emotionally and mentally. And so just even those relationships that I had at home in my love life were really challenging for me so but that also turned into me wanting to even work on myself deeper uh discover how to create healthier relationships how to have better dating experiences and all of those things so the more even work that I did on myself when it came to dating and relationships the more that I even started attracting clients who also wanted support in those ways as well And I was like, well, this is something that I'm always doing anyway. Like I'm always exploring with dating and learning about it and the attachment styles and doing EFT and mindset work around it. And a lot of the women that I attract are also women in business that are online coaches that are also needing support with that. So then I was like, okay, well, you know, I love talking about these kinds of things, dating and love and relationships. So I might as well expand my brand into that as well. So that's what, that's kind of like what happened to, I'm kind of like going on a bit of a tangent, but um, that's what happened about a year ago when I decided to expand it into that. So I just like how you said that as well, because it inspired, I can definitely relate to that too, because a lot of the experiences that I've had 
has just turned into me like, okay, well, what experiences have I had and how can I turn it into supporting other people as well? I love that. There are so many things that I like we could go into and I think I'm going to like, I want to piggyback on one thing and then I'm going to try to like transition this towards something. But um, mm-hmm. I, I love sharing the idea that like your ideal client is a past version of you. And I think that that is sometimes true. Another thing I want to add to it, if your ideal client is not a past version of you, um, the other option is there is something that comes so easily and naturally to you that is not easy and natural for others and that that's the thing, right? So for instance, like I really, a lot of my clients are a previous version of me and, but also um, some of them are people who find the thing that comes naturally to me really challenging and being able to like provide a service in an area where like, for example, my bookkeeper, I was talking to her about this once and she was like, my clients are not a past version of me. I have always found math so easy. I've always found money so easy. I've always found taxes. Like all of that stuff is so natural and so easy to me. And most of my clients are the people who are terrified of that stuff and they don't want to touch it. It freaks them out. I also just happen to be a good bridge between this comes easy to me and I understand that it's like hard and emotional for other people. And I'm a good, like, I'm a soft person to explain your books to you because I'm really understanding. And so... It is this marriage of this thing that I know comes naturally to me that doesn't come really naturally to other people. And I think that that's important to say because I think another thing I find with people so often at the beginning stages when they're trying to figure out what to tr- what of their many skills to turn into a business is that sometimes because we might grow up hearing, most of us do, that money comes from hard work. The weird flip side of believing that money comes from hard work is that that must mean that things that come easily to me that are that are fun aren't worth money and that we like can't charge for them. I've heard so many people be like, I can't charge for that. It's so easy for me. And I'm like, of course you can charge for that. Just because it comes easily to you doesn't mean it's natural or easy for other people. Like it's easy for you because it's your gift. Like definitely mm-hmm. charge for that. Or I think about like an electrician, Right. I'm not going to do electrical work in my house because I'm scared I'm going to kill myself or blow myself up or set my house on fire just because it only takes an electrician 15 minutes to fix the problem doesn't mean they shouldn't charge a premium. They're charging a premium for the fact that they have this skill set that allows them to solve this problem in 15 minutes. They should charge whatever they want to charge for that because I'm not going to set my house on fire. I'm going to pay you to do it for me. And like, so just if you're out there like, in this early stage of I'm not entirely sure what my niche is. I'm not entirely sure what my thing is. I do so many things and I don't know what to charge for. Maybe your client is a, a an earlier version of you, but also maybe your client is someone who struggles with something that currently comes so easily and naturally to you that you're not even ev- like looking at it as something you could charge money for. You probably can and you probably should. Mm, absolutely. And just even piggybacking off of what you said, loved everything that you share is like, I had a client the other day and one of my group programs who is like, you know, she's an OBM, but she's also now pivoting into doing business coaching as well. 
and she's worked with a lot of like beginners and she's had some dream clients too, but she came to me because she's like, well, I want to have more like high level dream clients that are like ready to go all in. They understand the value, they understand the value of investing in themselves and they want to invest in next level mentorship and even like the done for you services as well. But she's like, you know, I feel like a bit of an, an imposter though. Because who am I to think that I can attract these higher level clients that are willing to pay me? And so I was like, well, girl, like you literally are so talented in so many of these areas in your business that there are plenty of other high level coaches, no matter how much money they're making, even if they're making more money than you or even have had other clients or have had more clients than you does not mean that they're an expert in certain areas like you're an expert in. And so that's where you come in to help complement the areas of their life that they're not an expert in or they need support with. Because high-level clients, no matter what, like if they need support in something, they're going to to pay to to learn and to invest in that thing because they don't want to, you know, try to figure out figure it out alone or otherwise it's just going to take a lot of extra time and energy that a lot of people just don't want to, you know, waste, right? Um, so they want to be able to collapse time. So I even was telling her like, write down a list of all the things that you're an expert in and why your services are literally an absolute no brainer to really help you dismantle this imposter syndrome that you're feeling. And like, also remember too, that like, just because someone is making more money than you does not mean that you're a fraud or, or an imposter or that you know, you don't have value to give as well. Because I think that's a big thing that a lot of people feel like, well, who am I to like attract these higher level clients if they're making more money than me? And I also want to say too, that a high level client is a high level client, like regardless of how much money they're making or what stage of business they're in. Like I've had clients that are beginner coaches that are high level clients because of the type of person that they are, right? They have emotional intelligence. They're very self-aware. Like they take responsibility for their actions and for the results that they're creating in their lives and in their businesses. They show up really powerfully. Like even when I started my business, my coaching business, I didn't even know what type of business I was going to have. I was like, for years, I had been studying like uh, Gala, uh, Gala Darling, T- Tony Robbins, and just other people that I was learning from and taking courses and classes from. And all of them had mentors and coaches. So I was like, oh, well, I want to start up my own business. So I should just get a coach or a mentor to help me collapse time and figure it out. And I'm a very spiritual woman. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just invest in another spiritual coach or spiritual business coach. And she helped me figure out oh well why don't you become a coach and I was like oh yeah like I don't know why I didn't think of that before so like I literally invested before I knew what I wanted to do and then I was just all in from the get-go like from when I started and I think a lot of people think that oh like well a high-level client or a high-level person is someone who's a have who has a lot of money or someone who like is way into their business and that's not always the case like you can be a high-level person even before you start a business, you can be a high level person at the beginning stages, at the middle stages, or at the, if you're a hundred steps ahead in your business, it's all about an embodiment in who you are, how you view yourself and how you, how you carry yourself, how you lead yourself and even lead others as well. This is so interesting. And it's funny because like, we're like not at all talking about like the things that we came here to talk about, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew that was going to happen. I love it. Um, 
so I, I will say I'll I, definitely tie in dating into it though. I eventually think the, I feel the crossover here and, and some of what we're getting into that is on our notes of things we are going to talk about is about our beliefs about what's possible for us. And also like our, our mindsets around ourselves mm-hmm. and other people, right? This idea of like, who, like, first of all, what do I think it means, right? What do I think it means that this person makes a lot of money? Do I think it means they're smarter than me? Do I think it means that they are better at me than I am at everything? We have sometimes, and like these are deep, unquestioned things that sometimes like these are things we pick up in childhood, right? Like rich people mm-hmm. are morally superior. They're smarter mm-hmm. than everyone else. They are more talented than people, right? And it's like, yeah. no, they just got money. Like they're yeah. like, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything. And the, the beliefs that we carry into working with people that like, the financial circumstances in that person's life are just that. And we don't really know them, but just like we look at people on Instagram and we make up this whole story about how they're better Mm -hmm. than us and how they're more talented than us, how they're more capable than we are, how they have more Mm -hmm. training than we do that we don't really know if that's true. We're just seeing the highlight reel. We're just seeing the picture. If someone Mm -hmm. says, I make $400,000 a year. All that means is you have a job that pays you $400,000 a year. I don't know um, anything else. Or like maybe, right, maybe that person is a CEO of a company or they are a like a high-level engineer. They might be really brilliant at the thing that they do. They've had a mixture of like opportunity, preparation, luck, being introduced to the right people, privilege. They get into that job, but that doesn't mean they're great at relationships. That doesn't mean they're not struggling with how they communicate with people. That doesn't mean they're not struggling with leadership. That doesn't, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times people who have a really dialed in skill set, sometimes they develop that dialed in skill set at the expense of developing other skill sets and they need to be more well-rounded and that's what they're looking for support in. But these stories we tell ourselves about what certain pieces of information mean, right? We What money means, what, um, right? Sometimes with a rich person, like, it doesn't mean they even did anything. It just means they came from a rich family. Like, they might have started that way. We don't know what it means. And so checking ourselves with these stories that we might be telling ourselves or attaching to these data points and saying, Someone is better than me, right? I'm putting this person on a pedestal and I'm saying they're better than me and they must be looking for something better than what I have. And I think this happens in dating too. I think this happens in relationships where we're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this person and like, how could they possibly want me or they're not looking for me or I need to try to put up a front or present myself in some different way in order to attract this quote unquote kind of person. And mm-hmm. then even if you did do that, you would have just created a trap for yourself where now you have to keep up this front forever. Yeah. And it's not actually who you are or even what you want either. Like, you know, in this I'm like, I have so many thoughts about what you just shared. I'm like, where should I start? Um, so, okay, here's where I want to start. And 
you know, I, I feel like too, like if you go on like TikTok or Instagram too, and you're trying to get like dating advice or what should I do to manifest this type of person? There's so much information out there. It's like, well, what do I do? And I feel like the first thing is to just get clear on the type of person that you want to attract and that you want to manifest, right? And allowing yourself to align with that person rather than feeling like, oh, well, this is the type of man that I want. And this is who, this is what I have to do in order to get him. And this is how I have to change myself in order to get him as well. Because even when, when I was younger, too, there was times where I would see certain guys and I would be like, oh, like, what if I'm not like his type? He probably doesn't like me because I don't look, you know, X, Y, and Z certain way. When really a lot of you finding a match and a person that is good for you also has to do with you believing that you are worthy and deserving no matter how you look or how much success you do or don't have, et cetera, et cetera. And you really accepting and loving yourself. And then you'll start attracting the types of men or, you know, people depending on, you know, who you're attracted to, um, the types of people that align with you and align with who you are and what you want in a relationship as well. I think um, I want to hop in and say this is so important because I think both with business and with dating, figuring out what you want sounds duh, but so many people, both with business and with dating, are pursuing what they think they should want or yes. what they were told to want or what they grew up, right? Like, you need a mm -hmm. spouse who has money. You need to marry up. You need a spouse who's a doctor. You need a spouse who's, like, financially mm -hmm. stable. You need someone responsible. You need someone this. You need someone that. And same thing in business. Like, you should be going after millionaire clients. You should be, you should mm -hmm. want a, you know. 10K months. Yeah, you should want 10K months. You should want a seven-figure business. You should want this. You should want that. You should be doing it this way or that way. And so mm -hmm. many people are very disconnected from what they actually want and what would feel good for them and their lifestyle because they're mm -hmm. so caught up in trying to please really their parents a lot of the time or like fulfill mm -hmm. a role or live into what they were told they were supposed to be growing up. And I think this is extra true for folks who are first generation American or had immigrant parents, right? You're like, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. And like, that's it. Those are all you're allowed to want. Like, this is what success looks like. It's a very, very narrow thing. And yeah. if you want anything outside of that, not only is it weird and wrong, but like your life is going to be a disaster. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because it's like, I think too, they forget to get really clear on that as well. And they try to skip ahead with all these other steps. Like what are the strategies or the tactics or how can I like get the man or get the person or manifest this person. But first they're not doing like the inner work, like dismantling old belief systems, what they learned growing up, how they perceived and received love, or even just getting clear on the kind of relationship that they want, regardless of what their parents or their caregivers or society says they should want or have. And I think this also ties into this idea of rewiring old beliefs about what's possible for us because the step of inner work of like, 
before you go out and try to attract clients or before you go out and try to attract a lover or a life partner, who are you? What's important to you? What do you really care about? How do you like spending your time? What do you value? How do you like to give care to people? And how do you experience care from others? And then like those old, sometimes I was going to say musty, like that's what came up for me, these old musty beliefs that you might have about things like, ooh, people who love me always leave. People always disappoint me. I can't trust anybody. If you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. You can't count on anyone to really be there for you. It's best not to expect things of anybody so that you'll never be disappointed. Like all these weird little old things that are usually just like childhood wounds and attachment stuff might be governing what you believe is possible for you, right? Like, and like, let's tie this business to dating. If you don't, if you walk around being like, if you want anything done right, you have to do it yourself. How are you ever going to hire people? If you believe I can't trust anyone to be there for me, how are you going to believe that clients are going to show up and pay you for stuff? This shows up exactly the same in business that it does in dating. And so if you don't believe, deep down believe it's possible for you to have a partner who is loving and kind and funny and thinks you're hot and likes traveling like you do and also wants a dog or like whatever it is, the things that you really want. And you're like, well, that's not going to happen for me because people always let me down and everyone I really love leaves. Like you're going to be matching yourself, not to the things you say you want, but to the things on a subconscious level that you believe are possible for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so a big one for me that I used to really struggle with, and now I, I support my clients. Now I attract a lot of clients like this who, you know, like we were talking about earlier, they struggle with this. And so because I've been able to work through it a lot, now I know how to support my clients with it too. And I tend to attract clients who struggle with this as well. And that is like them tying this belief that their self-worth is based upon the amount of money that they have, the amount of achievements that they have, especially if you're like a high achieving woman or person. Um, I work with, you know, uh, cisgender women um, mostly. And so a lot of the women that I attract struggle with this and it even shows up in their dating where, where they're like, either like, oh, well, I need to make a certain amount of money. I can't have like all of this debt or if they have debt, I can't have the, the debt there either. I need to have these X amount of achievements un- until or before I have this ideal relationship or otherwise this man is not going to be attracted to me. He's going to think that like, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Or they think like, well, and then they, they'll have like that belief, but then they'll have another opposing belief to it where it's like but what if I'm too successful if I'm too successful and have too much money then I'm not going to be seen as desirable or desire to this man as well and I feel like this traces back like you know a lot of these beliefs also trace back way back into like millennia where it's like you know women didn't have women 
for many, many years didn't have power or if we were, we did have some power, you know, it would seen as very masculine or not right or not uh, natural, you know, for women to be in their power um, or to have certain achievements, et cetera, et cetera. And it would be seen as like a turnoff by men. So this is something that I used to struggle with as well, where it's like, well, I want to be successful and I want to have achievements, but then if I have these things, then I'm not going to be desired and I'm not going to be wanted. So what I started doing is really looking at these belief systems that I had that were not congruent with the actual desired reality that I wanted to create and the desired relationship and the business that I wanted to create. And then I had to look at the beliefs that contradicted each other and really dismantle them through EFT tapping. Like I literally tap on everything. Um, but I have a more, it's not like every second of the day where I'm like EFT tapping, but whenever I have like limiting beliefs or when I'm intentionally doing like subconscious reprogramming, I use tapping. And then I have a morning routine every single morning where I'm doing tapping and mindset work to really pro reprogram these beliefs that I have as well. So I can create the desired reality and dating and business that I desire to create as well. I love this. I, I have the same thing. I'm like, there's so many different directions we could go in what you said. One thing I want to say, because it, it popped out to me as being really interesting. The idea that I won't be good enough, right, until I hit a financial goal. That like, once I hit this financial goal and I don't have any debt anymore, then I will be, you know, quote unquote, good enough. I will be healed. Things will be better is the flip side of the belief that client potential clients with more money than us are better than us. Mm. Because if you think, right, like you're looking at that person and being like, well, they're making a million dollars in their business, so they must have all of this shit figured out. They must be so healed. They must be so whole. They must have done all this inner work. And like it's because like mm -hmm. that's what you've tied to this monetary goal is the idea that on the mm -hmm. other side of this monetary goal, you're going to have everything figured out. It is so not true, so not correlated. Mm -hmm. I also just love to remind people that like <laughs> many of us have had this experience. There are, client, there are mm -hmm. coaches out there or online business owners out there who have really good marketing. And they make a lot of money, or at least they say they mm -hmm. make a lot of money. And you think they must have something figured out that I don't have. And so you buy into mm -hmm. their very expensive program and get in there and you're like, wait, this is all? Mm -hmm. Like, this is so remedial. I know so much mm -hmm. more than this. This person just has mm -hmm. good marketing. Like, they're not, yes. there's nothing in here I don't know. There's nothing in here I haven't learned before. They got me. Like, they're a millionaire because they have really expensive programs with really flashy marketing, and they have a way of positioning themselves like, I've got it all figured out, and I'll tell you how to do it when you get in there. And you get in there, and you're like, this is all fluff. I was had. This is a scam. Mm -hmm. And like, Sometimes we know that's true with people who are like, you know, there's like this kind of external overcompensation. Like, oh, you always have like your makeup totally done, never a hair out of place. And then when you get to know them, you're like, oh, your personal life is a mess. And like, you don't actually take good care of yourself. And like everything on the outside just looks really good. There's no correlation between what we see on the outside and what's happening under the hood. And sometimes we don't know it until we get close. Um also, with people who have like a million dollar business, they might also spend $900,000 on ads, 
right? Like we don't really know how they're making that million dollars. A million dollars is like without context, it means nothing. If you have a mil- you're you're making a million dollars a year, but you spend a million point five, and you have a ha- you're living behind your beyond your means. You have a really expensive house. You have a really expensive car. You're flashy with your mm-hmm. money. Like millionaires go bankrupt, y'all. Like having a lot of anything. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that you're a super healed person who has all this stuff figured out. Absolutely. I love that you said that too, because I think too, because of that, people are starting to become more or become more aware and use more of their discernment when it comes to investing, like who to invest in, what coaches, what programs to invest in, the best time to invest, when to not, right, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a really good way to even show your audience and build more of that trust about your offers and even how you made your money as well is to even break down in your content. Like this is how I've created like a six figure coaching brand or how I created like a 10 K month, all the steps in between, um, you know, extra little things that I'm doing behind the scenes in the front scenes of things, right. As well. Um, like even when I'm like, personally, when I'm creating programs, I show like, okay, like these are the different things that that is in my back office. This is everything that you're getting, like all the step by step, like even in the process of how I create different programs. Like I just had a or I, I, I'm in the middle of a, my group program launch and sell. But I whenever I create like a new program or course, I usually do it um, like a drip course. So they get new modules every um depending on how long it is, I'll like drip in content and then I'll relaunch it later on. But it's a six week group program and course that I have. And so I'll create like the outline of all of it personally. And then what I'll do is show like in my Instagram stories, like this is the outline of like what you're receiving. And then as I'm dropping in or dripping in that content, I'll even be showing like the back end of that in my Instagram stories as well. Like this is what my clients are receiving. This is what they're saying about it. This is what they're learning. Um, like even today I made a, I made a post in my story about the EFT tapping videos that I'm creating for my clients in it. So that's a really good way that you can even build more trust with your audience and actually show them like, these are the things that I'm going to be doing for you and helping you with. Because I also hear a lot where a lot of, Uh, People, especially like in the when it comes to manifestation and everything, which I'm all for. And at the same time, though, I think it's important to have discernment with that as well and what you're listening to. And one of the the beliefs or the thing, the phrases that I hear a lot is like, you don't always need to know the how, which is true in some cases. But people still need to know how are you going to take them through your programs or your offers or through coaching, how are you going to get them from point A to point Z, right? Rather than just like having, like you said, like the fancy marketing and all that, like you could have great marketing and things, but how are you actually going to get them there? What is going to be included? How is it going to help them create more of what they actually want? Like, what is the end transformation? What are the processes and the steps in between? Because I still think that's really important to share is the how as well. Of course, like clients don't always need to know the how because you've, you know, if you've been building your brand, you've been building that trust. They've probably been in your free community, been, you know, digesting your content and all of those things. So you're going to have some clients where they don't need to know all of the how, but it's still good, I think, to break those things down to build more of that trust as well. 
This is so good, and it ties us back again into our notes. We had talked about discernment versus wet red mm. flags and awareness versus trauma response. And I think what you mm. just outlined in like show people, like show your work. I think that in that in the case of really flashy marketing that um, doesn't lead to anything like you get in there and you're like oh this was all fluff that to me is like if you wanted to tie that to a relationship it's like um like love bombing right it's like oh I went on a date with someone and they were (laughs) super hot and I was like my body is nervous I feel immediately attracted to them and they're giving me all of this attention and they're like it's you I know it's you I want to be with you and it feels Mm -hmm. good and it feels activating and it feels exciting but if you step mm-hmm. back and think about it, um, like this person doesn't know you. They haven't like they don't know within a date. Like it's so romantic to think of, but like, no, they don't really know you. And if they're doing this with you, they probably do it with everyone. Um mm-hmm. and like in the marketing world, this comes up as like, if you're really serious about this, you don't need to think really hard before you pay in full for my $20,000 program. You're just going to jump right in. Like the people who get it, get it. And like, you're paying for vibes and proximity to me and I'm so amazing. And when you get in here and you're just around my energy, it's going to change your life. And if you need to really think about it, then you're not serious about your business. Like there is a guilty, shamey, triggery, mean girl, FOMO. And it's also love bomb me because it's like, I love my clients so much because they're so decisive and they jump right in and they don't need to question me about my offers. And like, you're like, oh, I want to be at the cool kids table. I want to be part of that. I want to be included. I want to be, you know, shouted out by this big name person who says that I'm great. I want to see myself on the, you know, like the pretty wall of clients who signed up for this program. And we are reacting to this marketing probably from a triggered and child wound place in the same way that we act to re- react to like love bombing and trauma mm. bonding from a triggered and child wound place. And it's so not trauma informed in marketing. And like what you're describing is so trauma informed, right? This idea of like, I'm going to build trust with you over time. We're going to go slow. If you need to hang out in my audience and watch for weeks and see me share the back end of how I do business, if you want to talk to my past clients, if you want to look and make sure that people I've worked with in the past are still in business, take as much time as you need to build trust with me that I am who I say I am. And I'm going to show you over time that I'm not just talking about it. This really is who I am and what I do. And once you feel secure that I am who I say I am, because I'm a stranger on the fucking internet, if you want to proceed to working with me, let's do that. But there's no rush because I'm not going anywhere. And in dating, it's that same thing of like, go on 10 dates with someone before you start hanging out alone with them at your house, right? Like not because you're running a game and trying to make them earn something, but because like, you want to take your time to see if they really are the person they present themselves as. And there's o- the only way to do that is to give it time and to give your nervous system time to really regulate and react to like, am I attracted to this person or do they make me really nervous? <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, back to what you were talking about, the love bombing, like you can sometimes love bomb yourself, even if the other person isn't love bombing, because even at the same time, 
too. Like people can love bomb, but they're not always conscious of it as well. Like people can love bomb you, but they're not aware of it. Or sometimes manipulators know what they're doing because they want something out of it. Maybe they want one thing like either attention or sex or something. So they're going to do all the things that they can to get you in bed or to get what they want out of the situation. But that's why I always say with, with, you know, cause like I said, I work with cis uh, women to help them also find cisgender men. Um, but, you know, I see this a lot too, where a lot of women will not even just women, like even men too, but a, a lot of the women that I, have worked with to work with have struggled with jumping into relationships right away because this man is telling them everything that they want to hear. Right. And she has expressed to him, like, this is everything that I want in a man. So then what ends up happening is he starts saying that that's who he is and reflecting back to her what it is that she wants, even though that's not necessarily who he really is, but either he is people pleasing or he is trying to love bomb her. Right. Um, and sometimes even with people pleasing, it's not always a conscious thing. It can be an unconscious thing as well. So that's why I always say too, just in general, you should always take your time. Like you said, keep going on dates with, with this man, see how consistent he is as well. Because I always say men and just people in general will show you who they are uh, with their actions and not their words. So you need to pay attention how consistent he is and how consistent his words and actions line up. Because men can tell you all day long, this is who I am, you know, like, I want to do this, this and that with you. I want to have babies with you and marry you, blah, blah, blah. And say all these fancy fucking things, but not mean a damn thing or not mean it. Right. So you need to be actively um, witnessing him and how he's showing up for you and how he's treating you with his actions as well and see how in, in integrity he is with those. And the same thing goes in business, too. Like you were just saying, um, like I literally had someone message me today and he, and he was he was an old friend of mine. But he was like, the reason why I follow you is because of how consistent you are. Like, I've never seen someone who is so consistent just in their words and their actions. And he's like, that was just really inspiring to me. And I always say, like, consistency, even in dating, breeds trust, right? And I'm not saying, like, even in business, you have to post, like, three times a day, seven days a week, like, on this rigid, consistent schedule. But the more consistent that you are with who you say you are, in the more consistent your words and actions line up and even if you're just like creating content like let's four days out of the week consistently for years then that's going to eventually build more trust naturally with your audience as well because who you are online is also incongruent with who you say you are even offline as well this is so important because I think what you're hitting on too is, first of all, it's a result of that inner work, right? It's the difference between like, consistent as in I'm the same person all the time, right? Like I'm not one person on the internet and another person with my clients and another person with my dance students and another person with my friends. I'm the same all the time. And that comes from a, a place of really knowing myself, doing a lot of personal development work, getting a getting really comfortable with who I am. And I have an internal, intrinsic motivation 
for sharing my work online, which is very different than I'm posting what I think people want to see because I think I'm supposed to. That's really hard to keep up. So if you're trying yes. to like start a business and you're like, oh, I like ghost my Instagram, what's probably happening is you haven't really figured out who you are in business yet. You mm-hmm. haven't really figured out your personal intrinsic motivation, your why for sharing. And you don't feel all the way comfortable just being yourself and letting people see you be yourself. You're trying to think, you're trying to people, please. You're trying to think of what are people going to want? What's going to make them do something? What's going to get me the result I want? And, you know, Madi Woodard says you have to post three times a day. And so I'm trying to make myself do what I think I'm supposed to do and give people what they want in order to get something I think I want. None of that is internally coming from, I know myself, I know what I want, I know what success looks like to me, I know what's important to me to share, I know what my values are, I know who I am, and I'm comfortable sharing that with the world in a way that allows people to get to know me, and from them getting to know me, they're going to come in, right? And then all of this also ties back into this thing of like, like you said, you can accidentally love bomb yourself. Part of the reason this personal development work is the first piece, for me in dating, a big thing of it was like, understanding that not only do I have wounding, but like everybody does and learning how to identify what are healthy behaviors in attraction, what are healthy behaviors in dating and learning to recognize this discernment of learning to recognize when, when is it not healthy, right? Like when I meet, I've been on dates with people where I'm like, oh, this person is a fantasy obsessive love addict. I can clock it now because I used to be one, right? So I'm like, oh, you like the idea of me. You are going out on dates with people and you're looking for someone to fill this fantasy for you. And if they are attractive enough and they're nice to you, you're going to immediately start building a romantic fantasy around who you think they are. And all of this stuff you're talking about, like, I want to marry you. I want to da 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 da. It could be anyone. I'm just the person who's giving you attention right now. And this is your wounding. You're not even a bad person, but you haven't done your personal growth work to understand the way your wounding is showing up and how it's projecting outward. And like, why it might be a problem in the same way that like, you know, I, I ghost people or I breadcrumb people and like I disappear and I only text once a week, right? Like this is like the way that I treat people as being really dismissive, that that's your wounding showing up. It's not because you're an asshole. It's not because you're a bad person. You haven't done the personal development work to figure out who you are and what you want and what's important to you. And to just like, be a whole fully expressed adult. And a lot of people are just walking around wounded children in adult bodies. Yeah. Very common thing. I always say that too. It's a very common thing. And it's like, we can walk around Mm -hmm. playing out these childhood scripts and kind of crashing into other people who are playing out their childhood scripts and feeling like people are assholes and like people are quote unquote toxic. And like really starting with our inner work, understanding who we are, understanding why we are attracted to certain things, why certain things activate us, why certain things trigger us, why certain things attract us, why certain things make us override our common sense, and then starting to develop standards 
and boundaries and being like, hey, it's just a standard for me now that like I don't date people who haven't been in therapy. I don't. I just like Mm -hmm. you need to have at some point got some therapy under your belt. I need to know that you are a a person who's open to personal development, that you don't have a stigma around therapy and think that working on yourself is bad, that you are open to the idea that sometimes the problem is you, that you've done some work on your childhood. Someone who you weren't dating at some point sat you down and asked you about your mother, right? Like that's important to me. I need to know that you've done that. And that's just a standard (laughs) for me that I now carry into dating. And I believe that it's okay for me to have that standard. I'm worthy of it. It's acceptable. It doesn't matter if anyone else thinks it's weird. That's just like, it's something I prefer and I'm allowed to have that. Our standards and our boundaries in business, in how we hire, in what kind of clients we accept. Like, are you going to take clients who are rude to you, who nickel and dime you, who try to talk you out of your pricing, who try to get you to take sessions on your day off? Or are you like, I'm not available for clients like that. I'm only available for clients who want to pay me the rate that I charge and are comfortable with my schedule and want to work with me, right? Like you're allowed to have standards and boundaries. Yes. Like I remember the beginning of my coaching business and this trickled into dating too, where there were times where I attracted nightmare situations and clients and I'm not going to put it all on them, of course, you know, because it was also my responsibility to set the standards, set the expectations, to have boundaries. But when I first started, I didn't really know a ton about boundaries and how to set them and all of those things. Like, I definitely wasn't taught that growing up either. I don't think most people were taught how to have boundaries and set standards and things like that. So I would attract clients who were, like, extremely needy or, like, constantly, like, voice noting me or messaging me or asking me, like, when am I going to get results, blah, blah, blah. Even though my intuition was like, you probably shouldn't sign this client or work with this client, but I ignored it because I was a beginner and I'm like, well, I want, I want to make money. I want to testimonials. I want to support people and prove to myself and prove to other people that I can be a good coach and I can do the things. And that can become an issue because it's like, if you're always trying to prove something or prove something to yourself, then it will backfire on you as well, especially too if you're not setting the standards you're embodying those boundaries, then you're going to, then the clients that you attract and even the men or the people that you attract in your dating life are just going to reflect that back to you as well, which I'm not also, I'm not also saying to you that everyone is a mirror as well, because I don't think that's always the case. I think that there are certain situations where, yes, I believe that you are always going to be your first dream client. So it's important to become that dream client as well and to lead yourself and and things like that and to be the client that you wish to attract. And so inevitably, if you start becoming the client that you wish to attract, you will also attract dream clients. But there are certain situations where you will attract certain potential clients, but that does not mean that they should become a client, right? That's where you should also discern like, okay, no, they're not a good client. No, you know, I shouldn't sell this, this offer to them too. That's also a thing trying to sell like anything to anyone um, just to make money or to, to get a client. Right. So that's where like the, I think too, like the, the standards need to be set, letting your clients know, like, this is what you can expect from me. These are my hours of operation. This is what I work. This is when I don't work. And then you even pre-qualifying that client through witnessing their actions and their behaviors, 
seeing how they line up with each other, even potentially having like a, um, a form that they can fill out to see where they're at in their business, especially if it's like pro close proximity containers, like one-to-one -one coaching, um, or just being very clear on what offers you have and who they are actually for. So you're selling the right things to the right people who will get the most out of it as well. And then also in the back end, like you being able to self-soothe, like if you have an anxious attachment style and you're really, you get really, um, attached to like if a client signs up or if you make a sale or, or whatnot, then you have to be able to self-soothe and still continue to remain in your power and make discerning choices and wise choices and selling the right things to the right people, even if you start feeling anxious, right? Or even if you're like, even if you get like, it's uh, really attached to, out, to the outcome of things, you have to practice uh, regulating your nervous system and staying grounded so you can make the right choices, not just for yourself, but also like uh, consider other people as well. Because at the end of the day, your, your clients and people um, are always going to make the decisions that is best for them as well. So, yeah. I think this is so true and so important and it ties back to this thing about like rewiring old beliefs and putting people on pedestals, whether it's in dating or in business, like you're more concerned about whether or not they like you than whether or not you like them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm so, like, I just want a client so bad. I think all of us go mm -hmm. through this space where we're like, I just want to make money and I don't necessarily believe, right, whether it's because I'm a beginner, because my business is new, because I just got certified, because I'm not certified, whatever the story is you're telling yourself that says, mm -hmm. I don't deserve to have standards or boundaries or be quote unquote picky, right? Like you're in a beggars can't be choosers place with your own business where you're like, oh, I just have to take any client that comes my way, even if I... Can, like I have a gut feeling that they're not right for this or mm -hmm. I don't know if I can help them or I can tell in talking to them they're not ready, but I want the sale so badly and I'm making it mean something about me and how good I am and my success or I'm just desperate mm -hmm. for money. Like uh, the desperation is really an important thing to clock in ourselves. Like desperation mm -hmm. makes us do weird things. Like desperation is also how we get scammed, right? Where we're like, oh, I just like, I want something to be true so badly that I'm willing to overlook everything in me that's telling me this is not a good fit yeah, to go you for yourself. It. You always end up kicking yourself. You always end up regretting it. And that plays out in dating in this thing of like, mm -hmm. I'm so busy being worried about whether or not this person across from me likes me that I'm not stopping to like evaluate, do I like them? Am I attracted to them? Are they a good person? Am I proud of them? Would I be proud to have this person on my arm? Would I be happy to bring this person home to meet my family? Like, do I like them? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of us who get caught up in this thing of like, I never even realized I was allowed to worry about that because I was always so worried about being liked and being accepted and not being picked on, right? Like for me, I have a history of bullying. And so this idea of like, people might not like me, people might be mad at me, people might judge me mm -hmm. was such a growth edge for me in business. I really had to like yeah, do same. a lot of inner work to start to share mm -hmm. things on the internet because growing up, like the idea that 
like doing anything I could to just not just not be like to just get by without being tortured was like all I could hope for. That was the best I could hope for, let alone like could people really genuinely love me for me and support me for me and think that my work is brilliant and want to pay me for my support. Like that was not on my radar for a very long time. Mm, I love that you said that. And it and it shows up too in the way that we show up online and the content that we create as well. Like that deep fear of humiliation that used to be a huge one for me. Like even like little self-sabotaging things that I would do like, oh, I'm not going to launch this offer. Or, oh, I'm not going to make this post because what if it like upsets someone and they don't like it? And then I and then if I don't do it, though, then that means I don't have to face the fear of the humiliation or the shame that may come about it. A lot of the things, too, that we even avoid in relationships and dating is just because we don't want to face our own fears or face the feelings of it. But when we can actually face those fears and face the stories or the inner narratives that we have and we can feel it out to let it go, then it no longer has power over us. Then we can show up so much more powerfully and really own our worth and our standards and the desires that we want to create in our business and even in dating and actually attract the aligned clients, aligned um, matches and dating, aligned opportunities or aligned like, you know, collabs, you know, like this, things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. And this has just been such a, a great everything about this podcast episode. There's so many go good golden nuggets in this. I know. I love it. I was like looking at the time. I'm like, okay, we've been over an hour. It's a long one. We, I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff all day. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, let's wrap it here. Where can people find you? What do you have coming up? Where can people follow you online? So I have my Instagram. You can follow me and TikTok. It's just moneyfairy888. And I'm actually re uh, reigniting, or I just reignited my podcast, and I'm reigniting my YouTube as well, which is really exciting. Um, so I think that'll, that'll probably be in the notes, too. I shared that with you. Um, and then I also have a free WhatsApp group, too. It's called The Tea. Um, no, it's not like a gossip group or anything. I just like the name of it. But <laughs> um, it's basically like behind the scenes of like how... I've been able to grow my online coaching business, uh, things I'm navigating through in my business with clients, with money mindset and dating um, and how I navigate it all. And inevitably to support you guys, too. I like to really share things from a personal perspective so you can take the best and leave the rest. Right. Take the things that resonate with you and then leave what doesn't. So, yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And all of the links for all of that will be in the show notes of this episode. And mm -hmm. it was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bye everybody. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.